everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. When we first start reading Matthew 12, it could be easy to mistakenly think Jesus allowed his disciples to steal, but what was really going on? I want to start by reading the first verse of Matthew 12. It says, At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain to eat. It's interesting. As I read that verse, I was reminded of a story my dad used to tell me growing up. When my dad, when he was growing up, he and his brothers would go on these like cross-country biking trips with their dad, my grandpa. And my dad has told me the story about one trip in particular where they're biking across the country and stopped when they saw an apple tree hanging over a fence, ripe with apples, ready to be picked. And when I read Matthew 1, I think of that story. Just as my dad and his brothers got hungry and stopped to pick an apple or two, likewise, Jesus and his disciples got hungry and stopped to pluck some heads of grain. Now, what my dad and brothers didn't know was that this blind man across the street who owned the apple tree, he could hear them, and he'd routinely get frustrated every time he heard travelers stealing apples from his tree. And now, as my dad tells the story, I guess that day was the last straw because he came out guns a-blazing. I mean, quite literally, as my dad tells the story, he shot a gun in the air to get my dad to look across the street and ultimately scared my dad and his brothers down the road. And while the Pharisees, they didn't have guns, they definitely wanted Jesus and his disciples to move out of town. But here's what's crazy. For my dad, plucking those apples really— probably was illegal, stealing. But for Jesus and his disciples, according to the Mosaic law, they should actually have been able to pluck the grain heads. Deuteronomy 23, 25 says this, When you go into the ripe grain fields of your neighbor, you may pluck off the kernels with your hand, but you must not use a sickle on your neighbor's ripe grain. What that meant was that they could pluck a few pieces by hand, but they couldn't literally plow a field that didn't belong to them or something like that. Jesus and his disciples, they weren't breaking the law. They were just passing by. They weren't harvesting the field or anything. Because after all, it was the Sabbath. They couldn't harvest. But that's what's so crazy. The Pharisees were being so nitpicky. I mean, it wasn't even against the law for Jesus and his disciples to snag a few pieces of grain in passing. But yet, the Pharisees say that what Jesus and his disciples were doing was illegal because they were plucking grain heads, not harvesting the fields. They were just grabbing a few bites to eat on the Sabbath. And it's so interesting because in response to this, Jesus highlights two instances in which there are appropriate expectations for breaking the Mosaic law, like breaking it in the sense of harvesting a field on the Sabbath. The first being David who ate from the table of showbread in the temple, something he was definitely not supposed to do. But David did it, and it wasn't held against him. Jesus, in essence, was saying, hey, if David, the Lord's anointed, if he could break the law, I've got to at least be as important as he was. Rather than arguing the Pharisees' charge with that verse from Deuteronomy, Jesus argues something else. Let me show you. Take Jesus' second example. The priests, they were working in the temple on the Sabbath, yet they were found guiltless. Think about it. The temple was where God would meet with the people. Jesus is saying that the temple regulations are of a higher priority than the Sabbath laws. Yeah, Jewish people weren't supposed to work on the Sabbath, but the priests did, and it wasn't held against them. 
which makes a whole lot of sense because God would meet with the people in the temple. But now, in this instance, in Matthew 12, something greater than the temple was here, Emmanuel, God with us. That's Jesus, and he was getting at something. He's the greatest. In Matthew 12, 6, we read Jesus is greater than the temple. He's great. He's the greater priest. And in 12, 41, he's the greater prophet. And in 12, 42, he's the greater king. See, the opening paragraph of Matthew 12 concludes by Jesus telling the Pharisees that if they'd known what it means that God desires mercy and not sacrifice, they wouldn't condemn people who are innocent. He wasn't working on the Sabbath. He was just passing by. They were so nitpicky. And Jesus is calling something specific out. And in doing so, he's insinuating that the Pharisees, they don't know the scriptures and the God of them as well as they think they do. Because Hosea 6.6, the verse Jesus is referencing there at the end of the paragraph, it says this, For I delight in faithfulness, not simply in sacrifice. I delight in acknowledging God, not simply in whole burnt offerings. The Pharisees should have been super familiar with this verse, but they were missing it. And I think sometimes we do too. Sometimes we get so caught up in reading our Bibles just so we can say we did, or listening to a podcast just so we can say we did something. But that's not the point. We should seek to walk obediently and help other believers to do so because we love God. Obedience should come from a heart posture of faithfulness, not legalism. Or said differently, Obedient behaviors should flow from love, not legalism. For me, this sometimes looks like cramming in a quiet time just in case someone asks me what I read. At least I'll have something to say. But that's not God-honoring. It's a seemingly obedient behavior coming from a place of people-pleasing and fear of man. What does this look like for you? When are you most tempted to be motivated by box checking? I don't know what it is for you, but I'm so glad we're on this journey together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.